All right, I I am now recording. Oh, they didn't get <clears> the <throat> tape. I'm sorry. Oh, that, yeah, I'm sorry that you, I missed all of the earlier. I am I am now also recording. Yeah, sorry, Beautiful. sorry, we missed your comedy gold. I know, <laughs> I know. I'm Zach. I'm Riff. I'm Jim, and I'm Kevin. And it's time for episode number one nine one of Video Games Hot Dog, a podcast about video games behind the firehouse. Where Pee-wee sits upon the wall to preach. In a number system where there's only ones and nines, this is not a very high episode. True. Zach was like an eighth of a second late with his clap, and I'm wondering if the people at home can tell (laughs) from the way our voices are synced. Like, Okay, if if anything uh, in the rest of this podcast is stupid or not funny or doesn't make sense, that's why. Well, realistically, what's probably going to happen is that me and... Kevin laughing at your jokes are just going to seem in advance. <laughs> well, no, no, we're going to seem just a little bit like we're laughing to be polite because it's delayed a little bit. Well, sometimes, but you calibrate the timing to make sure you do- it doesn't seem that way. Timing. Ha ha ha. <laughs> Guys, how you been? Not bad. All right. I'm, I'm still getting over my fucking cold. Yeah, you spent a lot of time in bed and not in a yeah, not in the good way. Yeah, yes. Yes. I mean, I guess sleeping in bed and getting a restful night's sleep and not, you know, spraining your shoulder or anything, that's probably sleeping in a good way. Sure. At our age, am I right? So, are you contending that it, that one sprains one's soldier soldier one's shoulder in uh at night? Well, you can sprain your soul, but you're not a soldier. I hurt myself sleeping pretty regularly sprain, now. But you can't sole your friend's sprain. Do you Do you think maybe you have like a sort of a Mike Birbiglia problem where you are actually running around the room at night? I, I have the kind of Mike Birbiglia problem where I'm actually a successful stand-up comedian. No. Oh, that is rough. I clearly don't have that problem. Um, I've never... Have you... Did you watch that Mike Birbiglia movie? Yeah, it was great. Do you recommend it to our listeners and to me? I do. Sleepwalk I, I, with me by Mike Birbiglia. Yeah, it's. I mean, it is basically a movie, just like his standard routines, which are sort of vaguely autobiographical. The movie is vaguely autobiographical about him learning how to do stand-up comedy. Oh, it's not <laughs> it's actually re- about him sleepwalking. Oh no that that is part of like because that happened concurrently with his like. Learning how to he be actually a did some stand-up shows while asleep. While he was sleepwalking. Yeah. Yes, it was. It's very strange. Oh, weird. I'm I'm making that up, bro. Oh. It's not. How many times do you yeah, think I've... the movie "While You Were Sleeping" has played while someone was sleeping? <laughs> <laughs> Probably every time it's ever played, yeah, right? Yeah, like every yeah. single Somebody time. Yeah. yeah. There's always someone asleep. That's that's definitely a Google interview question. Oh, how do you figure out whether <laughs> there's always someone sleeping or not? There just is. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. The answer is yes. How many people have watched Sleepless in Seattle? While while asleep? While not sleeping? <laughs> while not sleeping in Seattle, probably yeah. mo- Well, okay. Probably almost all of them <laughs> then with that How caveat. many people have emailed someone about you've got mail? Hmm. Because hmm. that one's a little tricky because it, it more or less predates like common email access right here's an actual interesting question how many people have bit torrented (laughs) sandra bullock's the net (laughs) i wonder if that's gotten like an ironic box office yield (laughs) like has it become a cult classic 
Or do we just all... Now I want to go back and watch it. I remember it being hilarious. We're just all torrenting albums by both Mozart's ghost. Right. Both of Mozart's ghosts? <laughs> yep. Mozart. The fun part is when you talk about the movie Network and people get it confused with the net. <laughs> all right. Network's the one about television. Is that the, the where the guy's television mad as hell and isn't going to yeah, take it anymore? That's yeah. right. That's what is he mad one. about? Um, I forget. I think it was just television news in general. Hmm. Yeah, I'm sure there was something specific about television news he didn't like. Yeah. Probably that it's all bullshit. Yeah, there was like some bullshit cover up about something or other, or I don't know. I don't remember. I never actually saw it. I've just heard that sound clip over and over again because it's used as samples in some songs that I like. Yeah. Oh, that's always a weird experience is to is to know a sample from a song and then to encounter it in its original form. Yeah. yeah. What have you been up to, Jim? Uh, I had an answer for that like five minutes ago. <laughs> You're the one that has an now- interesting life. You're responsible for this segment. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm, so- I'm sorry. Uh, get back around to me. I'll have something. Kevin, you've just been asleep. Riff, you've been packing up all of your yep. belongings I into a cube. All my belongings into yeah, small boxes, which I put into a large metal box and secured to the walls with rope. And then a man came and, and took it away. It was actually interesting because he had he had <clears throat> this like long truck with his uh, with like a little three wheel forklift on the back, and I I missed seeing him unload the forklift from the truck. But I watched when he went to park the forklift back on the truck and it worked by like, he like worked the forklift in reverse. He had like a clamp on the back of the truck that he ran the, the fork into and then. Oh, and just tried to use the forklift to push the truck into the earth. Yeah. So, so he like writ and it, you know, because it works the way it works and this hand gesture is not at all helpful but it just lifted the entire rest of the forklift up and then he could drive it forward onto the truck i mean i've definitely so the, seen the, guys wait like, so the forklift is just hanging off the back of the well, truck probably yeah. attached somehow that probably yeah, just latches hang, it was basically in like a, hanging off of the fork which was because that there is a giant heavy crate on the fork right well, he, no there was, was nothing on the fork right you just you put the like, tines of the fork into like a slot in yeah. the bed of the truck. Uh, okay right? all right i wonder if they've ever accidentally parked a truck on quicksand and then when they did that the forklift just actually pressed the truck into the <laughs> ground <laughs> and it, did you see did you see the weird tweet that that uh jake from uh idle thumbs posted which was a picture from six years ago of a car in the back of a truck that was on the bed of a tr- like a tow truck, no. which was then being towed by a semi, which was then being towed by another semi. <laughs> <laughs> and then they all fell into the same lake. So like, <laughs> so like a turducken. Yeah, it was a tur- super <laughs> weird. <laughs> Not a usual way to transport a bunch of vehicles. Hey, I want to get a tattoo that's Mr. Natural and it just says, keep on turducken. <laughs> I actually kind of do want that tattoo now. I don't. Uh, do you have any tattoos yet? I don't. I think Riff is the only one of us with any tattoos. Uh, well, do unless you have, Jim, do you have like, a tattoo? No, I don't. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Do you have like a thousand stupid ideas for tattoos? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's. Yeah. I. That sounds about right. Mm-hmm. I, I was just reading that the word quicksand 
You, you think it's a, we- a dumb word because the sand isn't particularly quick. But the <laughs> it doesn't o- really go anywhere. Yeah, but the origin of that word is quick in the sense of alive. Oh, like, oh, like cutting to the quick. Like the quick is also like the part with blood vessels in it. Yeah, and the quickening yeah. from Highlander. Yeah, oh, that's when a yeah. guy comes. That's not alive. the alivening. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Words. Oh, so like so, the quick and the dead is a yeah. double entendre. Oh shit! <laughs> wow. Well, isn't, that's really, isn't a double entendre? That's, ex- like explicitly sexual. Sexual. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, no, sorry, I was thinking I the dick so. and the quid. <laughs> I think because it just it literally means double meaning, right? So it's just it's just only if you assume that double entendre has a double entendre would you say that it is exclusively <laughs> okay. sexual. So only if intentions are exclusively sexual. <laughs> yes. So if anyone has ever wanted anything other than to bone down, then double entendre can be used in the sense that we just used it. Okay, good. <clears throat> We're solving so a lot of the a, world's problems here. There's a a churro cart like right outside my house and by right outside I mean like a block away like it's just living there now and you can go there to this guy you you tell him he doesn't really speak English but he knows numbers so you okay. say how many you want and then he gives you that many meters <laughs> meters it's well it's it's I would I, that's a, that's an estimate a like, meter of churro yeah that's yeah not as even not as one is you're, way you're, too you, many churro <laughs> So you're, you're holding your hands about two meters apart, I would say. Yeah, that's more like it. I don't think Kevin yeah. can <laughs> hold his hands two meters apart. <laughs> I, I, I can because I'm, what, six feet tall, roughly, yeah. so I can just I can just barely. But I wasn't. It was, I guess I was like one and a half meters, but like, yeah, no, that's that, a lot of churro. It's a lot of churro, and it's, he, 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 the number of churro meters you get is also the the price in dollars. <laughs> wow, you get, a chur- you get a meter of churro for a dollar? Yeah, it's terrible. What do you mean? It's terrible. Like it's it's like it's bad for it's you, health. or yes. it tastes because yeah. it tastes delicious. Oh, like oh, a churro. it's delicious. It's really good. Ugh, it's right man. out of the oil. Like you, you can look in the cart and see the guy frying the dough. I don't think I've eaten a churro since we were in Mexico, and I saw a man making churros in a thing that was obvious. Like he just had a sort of a machine that was obviously made out of garbage that he was using <laughs> to make churros, and I thought Delightful. I don't really want that. Ever. It's probably reclaimed oil too. Yeah, it probably is from it. W- it wasn't a Play-Doh fun factory from, from the <laughs> Gulf spill. Uh, mm, boy, yeah. I also um, I've never eaten funnel cake because I saw one made before I ever tasted one. It's oh yeah. What, what is wrong about how it's made? It's just it's like a vat of oil, and you like yeah, sort just, of extrude a bunch of yeah. No, it's like a tiny asshole shits a bunch of dough. Into a that's, boiling that's kind of a oil mean thing to toilet, say about that carny. <laughs> well, you you're re- you're dick. reframing this. Just, you're reframing this in a really unflattering light because it is. It's like a pastry. I'm just reporting that the, gets fried immediately upon. I'm reporting uh, the facts being extruded. Like if they had dye to turn the dough brown, I might see your point. But it's. <laughs> <laughs> or if, if if you're in if, if you're sque- so there's dye they were wait, squeezing wait. it out of a big rubber butt <laughs> there's yeah. dye in sure. the oil that like tells we, if someone pees in the oil and the oil turns purple <laughs> <laughs> okay um uh, no i mean i i understand that a lot of times something like that happens to food outside of my sight and then i eat the food <laughs> and enjoy it but I can't ever go back. You can't unsee yeah, it. Yeah, I can't. Now. I, yeah, yeah, like I, I feel like once you see the sausage being made, you just, you just always understand sausage now, and 
that's why they say you don't want to see the sausage made, not because it will be an unpleasant experience in the moment, but because every time for the rest of your life that you have sausage, you will think about that. Mm. Related. I saw um, a, a list of food products uh, sorted by the amount of suffering caused in creating the products. Whoa. Eggs were like by far at the top of the list. Like there was some index suffering for the chickens. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Huh. I don't think salmonella was a factor in this. Sure. List. Um, I mean, that doesn't have to be the case. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Like if you get free range eggs, presumably like the eggs get to roll around. Um, <laughs> <laughs> then, if, then presu- <laughs> if all you're eating is Humpty Dumpties, <laughs> right. <laughs> Excellent adventures. At what point right. did Humpty Dumpty become <clears throat> an egg? Like, was he not always an egg? Well, well, in that rhyme, in the rhyme about Humpty Dumpty, was Humpty Dumpty an egg? Because how would you know he that? Was <laughs> sitting on a wall uh, and he right, had just a like an egg. Fall. <laughs> uh, they couldn't put him back together again. So, like, but that would be true of like a man whose bones were all broken, right? They were like, well, "Oh, well, let's see." The king's men and his horses are able to perform the opposite of this process when they draw and quarter a person. So, let's just hook him up backwards and see if we can put this dude back together. Maybe, maybe it started. Like you with tell the horses girl. to, you tell the horses to run together real fast. Yeah. Hey guys, just have work? like a horse headbutt party. <laughs> oh, yeah, that sounds dirty. <laughs> with with like fragments of a human in the middle. A horse headbutt party. <clears throat> Vote for me. <laughs> horse head butt party. It's new Bloodborne messages. <laughs> right. Does Bloodborne have those? Uh... Apparently, it has it has the similar kind of message system. But I asked Gary. Today, if you could spell "try horse butthole" in it, and he said no, and I was like, "Oh no, my marvelous right. comedy stylings will be ruined." I'm looking at a, I'm looking at an illustration from the 1877 published version of Humpty Dumpty, and it's clearly a little kid. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Huh. So maybe it was Lewis. It, and it says, it. "Could not make Humpty Dumpty where he was before." Weird. Instead of put together again, huh. so that's where he was. So all the king's before. horses and all the king's whores could not put Humpty where he was before. Yeah. Four score men and four score more. How high was this wall? Like, how hard is it to put a kid back up on a freaking wall? Oh man, it looks to me, in the illustration, it looks like his feet are touching the ground. <laughs> so, so maybe this is just an indictment of the 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 <laughs> lack of efficacy of the king's men. Yeah. <laughs> The horse like, has gotten the Check way. out. Here's this thing that where almost nothing went wrong and these dipshits still couldn't fix it. <laughs> this is one of those things where it's like, well, at least Mussolini made the trains run on time. That was sarcastic. And then because they didn't, because they never do. And then it came to be like this weird, mm. I don't know, Gamergate justification or whatever. Uh, Riff, you were talking a moment ago about Bloodborne, but I didn't hear whether... Are you actually playing that? I am not. Uh, oh, okay. It, it, I wanted it, to hear about Bloodborne. It, it sank. It's it's sinking down my my list of things I intend to play, like in order, because I I decided well, I need wait, to wait. only be playing is the, one. Is big the game top of the time. list the last thing you're going to play? The top of the list is the 
the, the next the thing. next most recent thing i'm next mo- not <clears throat> what's recent except the opposite direction in time is bloodborne the game that had the screenshot from a month or two ago where there was like this giant terrifying spider yeah that's coming it. off of a church steeple or something yeah, probably yeah that mm, that is too oh creepy. why don't you call him and ask for a mode with no spiders pussy <laughs> but i'm i'm no, hearing man, that I, it's i'm hearing that it's real no, super difficult an option and, for you know, no I, spider I, pussy <laughs> I asked Randy Smith to make a version of Spider the Secret of Bryce Manor without spiders in it. <laughs> and he he just wouldn't go for it. Like <laughs> Yeah, use one of those other things that spins webs and can stick well, to I was ceilings. Just, I mean Spider-Man. You know me. I don't give a shit about theme. It could be like a unicorn that spins a right. web. The webs We don't yeah, we don't know anything about unicorns. Maybe they all live yeah. in webs. Well, maybe yeah. that horn. Yeah. Maybe the webs just shoot right out of that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You could be the Spider-Man, the secret of Spider, Bryce Manor. Spider is an interesting case in that, like, I was able to play it and, like, it didn't, like, really squick me out that much, but I just started itching when I played it. Uh, Literally started itching. Yeah. Interesting. This, this is this is not a comfortable experience. And I don't know if that was the intended experience or not. You They're got super the special Spider version that actually poured little tiny spiders out of your computer while you were playing it. Right, yeah, I, I paid <laughs> extra for that. It was, spider it was not a good spend. <laughs> uh, did you say Spider Two? Yeah, they're they're like super close on finishing Spider Two. Oh, that's cool for people who can play games like that. Are you are you not among that crowd? Well, I was just I I, I didn't finish Spider the first game because oh, of because the itching. Because of the itching, I see. Yeah, it was just like yeah, man. Of all the things I mean, I'm I, afraid I, of, I'm glad that I don't have any of those. You know, being afraid of one of the most common organisms on Earth. I'm not normally yeah. afraid of spiders, but well, the spider that, like, was in our apartment that moved at, like, Mach 1 was really fucking, like, disturbing. I remember seeing this spider that, like, it it started, it wasn't that big or scary, except that, like, there was a moth nearby, and the spider, like, leapt <gasps> at the moth. Wow. Did Just it the catch fact- the moth? No, but oh. just the fact that it kept trying, like, yeah. to see it so mobile really freaked me out. Yeah, there was this spider, the spider in our apartment was, like, like at a at a breakneck speed, was, yeah. like, traversing the floor. Yeah. And was, like, w- moving with intention in a way that I don't normally think of spiders, mm-hmm. like, going, like, like w- was heading following towards like- a person. Yeah, like, oh. <laughs> creepy. We, like, I think we that captured was probably it. an accident. Yeah, which is fine, but scary. Also, were you not there, Zach? I don't Did you remember not see this. this. I don't think there are any spiders uh, in California that can hurt you. No, I, and I, I don't think it would. But it was, it was like you know, the size of a quarter, so like large enough to be like super visible. So, and it wasn't Melissa. She didn't see it because she would have. Wait, the spider out. wasn't Melissa. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, I, I was with somebody who yeah. like it must have been. It must have been like Maya or something like. I'm trying to think of who else would have been in our apartment because the spider, like, we, we took it to the roof and put it outside. And then, like, a day later, I saw it in the hallway outside our apartment again. It might have been a different <laughs> like, spider. No, the door. to a white guy, all spiders look the same, Kevin. It was moving the same the speed. I was like, oh, my God, the spider it. has it in for us. Yeah. I've never. There was a. <clears throat> So I took it outside Maybe onto he's the street. trying to deliver a package. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
The, the venom in his, his venom maybe, sack. Maybe what you need to do is just get the spider close enough to your ear that it can whisper its message to you. Maybe your wizard friend is trapped somewhere on the top of a big tower and keeps <laughs> sending spiders to you to send you a message. Hey, send a helicopter. Yeah, moths, moths would be way more effective. <laughs> well, oh, because you just love moths. I've seen you kill 50 moths in the last couple of weeks. So no, they fucking wouldn't. And your wizard buddy knows that. Also... <laughs> I'm your wizard buddy. Please, for the love of fucking Christ, send a helicopter. <laughs> oh, yeah. Why didn't I think to just Skype you to begin with? There's a a moth that is the size and shape and fills the same ecological, ecological niche as a hummingbird. Huh. Whoa. There's, and, the, there's an atlas moth. Is it? It's not not shaped like a hummingbird. No, I mean it. it like it looks like a hummingbird, and really? it's a, it's a and moth it, that just keeps telling you not to pay taxes. And acts like <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure I get that one. <laughs> the Atlas, like Atlas. Oh, shrugs, oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, Atlas okay. shrugged. I was thinking of like Atlas, like holding the Earth up, and I was like, how does that relate to taxes? <laughs> I don't get it. And I was just I was reading the Wikipedia page on this, and it just reminded me of the time that it turned out my girlfriend was actually a girl-shaped moth <laughs> it, it wasn't a, it didn't work out between because, us because every time you bought her a sweater for her birthday she would just eat it <laughs> you try to go out at night well, she, she kept just... running around a street light yeah, she would never she always made you leave the lights on or she just immediately fell asleep yeah you couldn't put candles on her birthday cake <laughs> Oh man, yeah. Just yeah, I'm really pants. surprised that you dated her long enough for all these scenarios to come up. <laughs> oh yeah, you know, I'm well. Sometimes you get desperate. Yeah. Um, what are you serious about this hummingbird thing though? Because that sounds no, like that's a, a real joke. thing. Hummingbird moth. Go look it up on Wikipedia. It's a real thing. I don't mean right now. <laughs> I, I I just have this phone right in front yeah, of me. Fair enough. Know. Fair enough. I have been enjoying uh, watching watching the hummingbirds uh, after I filled my hummingbird feeder. This is the grandpa segment of the show. Uh, but <laughs> oh, I guess yeah. the hummingbird hawk moth. Every time I come back here to Arizona, I fill Maybe. up the hummingbird feeder, and then as I'm having my coffee in the morning, I can look out and enjoy watching hummingbirds fight each other like fucking assholes. Nice. Um, yeah. And like like joust. Yeah. Like the video. Game. Except with no, no passenger. guys riding on the. Yeah. That's actually interesting. I've never seen two hummingbirds at the same time. So we'll put out a hummingbird like, feeder. I, I I have actually. You'll find the that. strongest hummingbird, and then all the other sad hummingbirds. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe maybe that's not in California. Or they just have to wait like a week for that big one to die. Ke- Kevin, <laughs> are you shaking your head at how horrifying these moths are? Yeah, that's that is. It's just a bird, <laughs> right? Like, I as a layman, I wouldn't have known the difference really. Like, there's no beak, I guess. It's got a proboscis. Yeah. This does not look like a hummingbird, really. I don't think. Okay, it kind of does. <laughs> Sphingidae. That's a boring name. Why isn't it called, like, I don't know, something about Silence of the Lambs? <laughs> That'd be a good name. Something like Silence of the Lambs is the scientific <laughs> yeah. name. It's, I don't know. Hannibal Lecter. It would, it would have to have a Latin ending that they'd append to that. Like Sonic the Hedgehogicus or whatever it's called. Oh man. Riff earlier proposed Paul Blarticus Mall Gladiator. <laughs> That's not bad. It's pretty good. I like that. Yeah. 
Oh man, are you guys excited about that new movie with uh with Paul Blart and Billy Madison where Pac-Man comes back from space to uh, kill us all? I, I am now. I, this Pixels? Is, yeah. That this movie, like, holy shit. I, I thought it was like a, a joke. Yeah, the, the movie. Uh, wait, that's not that wasn't a joke? You mean no. YouTube video? This is a fucking trailer for a movie that I assume is a real thing. It is. And I It's like that it's like that uh and we're all going to see it together. <laughs> You guys yeah, don't that have would be really good. any choice. It, okay. It's going to be the assignment that week. I think it's going to probably be really fucking dumb. Oh, oh it's gonna I'm be sure. Terrible, it's, right? it's Sandler's. I like Adam Sandler. Uh, Come on. It's, it's going to be dumb. say he's not dumb. I haven't it's seen going to be dumb. any of his recent comedy stuff. I, the, okay. I think the last movie that I saw with him in it was Funny People. Mm, I don't remember. Oh, that was actually really yeah, good. Yeah, that's just like, a, like that and uh, what's the pudding one? Pudding was that Punch Drunk? Yeah, Love? Yeah, Punch Drunk Love. Yeah, he was good in that. Yeah. What? Why would you say that that's the pudding one? Uh, he he wins I mean, a that year's was, supply. Of the pudding. character was like obsessed with pudding. some pudding scam. Okay. Okay, I had forgotten about that whole subplot. Yeah. Oh, I saw Punch Drunk Love in the theaters, and the soundtrack just had me on edge the entire time. It was it was so unnerving. Like if they have this like rumbling sub bass or yeah, something. Yeah, they had something like that was just just I wonder if that on the was edge like, of audibility. Like was, I wonder if that uh, was like next door if it was the bass bleeding over. No, I I given just how weird and uncomfortable the whole movie was, I felt like it was super intentional. Was that or maybe a Lars von Trier movie? Punch Drunk Love? Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say, weren't those also movies that Sandler was in, not movies that he made? Well, right, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I kinda I don't know. I enjoyed when I was younger, Adam Sandler's like, you know, cassettes that he made. It was a P.T. Anderson. Okay. I don't know why I thought, you know why I thought it was Lars von Trier is because the only Lars von Trier movie I've seen also stars the girl from Punch Drunk Love. Oh. Um, and they were like similarly weird and gross. Is P.T. Anderson the... happiness? No, that's uh crap. Who's happiness? That's somebody else. That I'm forgetting the name Paul of. Paul Anderson. That's a science fiction writer. Thomas Paul Anderson. Jerry Pornell. Todd Todd Solon. T.T. Barnum. Okay. Yeah. These are both names that I would have remembered like in minutes, which yeah. is not good enough to win at Jeopardy. <laughs> no. You could slow Jeopardy. Do they have that? I might kick ass at slow Jeopardy. <laughs> Can you use Google? Yeah, we get Google. Yeah, you get to mail in your answers on a postcard. Yeah. Uh... Have you guys been playing any video games? No, oh, I've been playing that pancake game. Oh, me too. <laughs> oh, I still haven't. Yeah. I've got it on my phone, but I haven't. 51, played. motherfuckers. Oh, man. Yeah, how the fuck? How? I'm how awesome. 51? <laughs> I've never been able to get into a rhythm in that game. It's always like every single flip is pretty much the same chance of losing. Uh, how 51? Like, do you have a method? I So in that one, the the time that I did the best... I was laying down and had my phone at a weird angle, which I <laughs> okay. think probably helped. The the best the my second highest game was like thirty seven or something. Like I never. That's still really good. That's, never, way, that's still better than my twenty one. You get into a rhythm, and so you're literally just rhythmically flipping it. You're oh, not. No, like, no, no, no. I mean, you you have to keep like the pancake I mean, position are, on the get, pan is vastly important. Yeah, yeah. and requires very different you, you do get like a sort of a muscle memory of like how to get the pancake into a certain position and then what to do when it's in that position mm. yeah 
Hearing you talk I, yeah, about but, it reminds me of dodging the lightning in Final Fantasy X, which you had to do. Huh. Ten, you had to do it like two hundred times in a row to get one of the character's best weapons. That sounds terrible. I did it. I hundred percent of that game. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it was, it was in a time of my life when I had really nothing else to do. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I've had that time with certain games, so I get it. But it still sounds terrible, though. I had that. Like, one is I had super that week of like Zach. codeine cough syrup where I hundred percented Portrait of Ruin on the mm. DS. Sure. Had, you, yeah. had you already done it, or was that the first time? No, that was the first time, and then I was able to do it again because I didn't remember any of it. Okay, good. <laughs> I, I nice. knew that there was a multiple. That was a multiple finish. Yeah, that was great. And then I, I had settled <clears> in <throat> to. I was going to hundred percent Dawn of Sorrow, but. I was I was like looking up. It's a, a giant pain in the ass to get the soul from this golem, mm. uh, and there's a teddy bear that you get in the boss rush, which right. is a really shitty weapon, but it has like 15 hit frames on its arc, right. and the golem reduces all sources of damage to one. So the teddy bear is like the best weapon to use against that golem. And I was like, huh. sort of cleared my schedule for a couple hours because I'm, like, I'm gonna keep doing this time-consuming process of killing this golem, which has like a one percent chance of dropping a soul, and it dropped it on like the third try. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, I don't, I don't know what I'm. I guess I'll just finish this. I've also been playing Hoplite. Oh yeah, is this your first uh, your first yeah, sojourn? I'm I'm coming back to it. I'm coming back to it from like, I played it like six months ago. Have you guys played it? Yeah. It's, I'm really impressed. It's a really good game. Yeah. I, um, I was really impressed with like, and this is like right after I talked about not giving a shit about theming, but I just mean spider theming, I guess. Um, I'm really impressed with, with the, the way Hoplite walks the line between, um, realism and abstraction. Like, it feels like a really good compromise. Like, this is how you make a um, a really abstract, like, puzzle combat game uh, feel like it feels like a real space. It feels like you're – it's one of the most, like, satisfying and um, not, not realistic but convincing simulations of, like, one person fighting an army. It's able to describe a thing and then that thing – <clears throat> the theme matches up with the mechanics in a way that is like predictable and makes it make sense. Yeah. And it's also just a really good combat system. And it's one I haven't seen before. I, really? Uh, uh, yeah. I'm really impressed. It's it. That game read to me very much as a, like a game that couldn't have existed in a world without eight, six, eight. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. And I haven't played eight, six, eight yet. Yet. So at all, at, at all. Wow. I, I played, That's surprising to me. So I have a friend who made a game uh, for, I think it was for Seven Day Roguelike called 868 eight, eight, Plaque. Okay. Where it's a mashup of 868 eight, Hack and a Mash 3 where you're matching candies. Okay. Um, all right. And, and I didn't. I never got to the point where I understood what was happening in the 868 eight, Hack version of the game, but I did play that for a couple of hours. Okay. So that was a weird thing. No, but I haven't played. Uh, I haven't played it. I played. Uh, I played some uh, Minecraft. No, mine. <clears throat> Minesweeper RPG, or I guess it's a Japanese game. So oh, it's is that Mamono Sweeper? Mamono Sweeper. I yeah. love that game. It's really good. Yeah. <laughs> what platform is it? Uh, That's Flash. Yeah, it's just like a Flash game. Huh. It's uh, <clears throat> so it's imagine Minesweeper, but. Instead of each mine being sort of a discrete object, it is the, they are, it is a monster 
of power one to five. And so when you click on a square and you get the sort of numeric representation of what's around it, you get the total sum of all the monster level around that. Mm. So sometimes that's some large number and you're like, crap, is that like two five level monsters or is that, you know, a mix of one and twos and threes or whatever? Yeah, like, and, and you get to deduce what it actually is by the surrounding information. Is this yeah. a game that's and then, old enough that I might have played it like five years no, ago? No, it's it's super new. Five years ago, maybe. Like, really? It's not that new. This oh, sounds, I thought it was pretty new. Is it, does it have like sort of uh, ZX Spectrum level graphics where the sprites yeah. are all one color? Yeah. Mm. Maybe, we're play- we, maybe we played a different version. Possibly. Huh. Maybe you're playing like a remake of it. It's possible. Like the um, version I played was definitely like every monster was monochrome, was mm-hmm. was a single color, and it was around five years ago, I think. Okay, wow. So this is I I, I just I just found out about this like a two weeks ago, and yeah, it was I, everything was in color as I remember it at least. Well, it was it's <clears> color, <throat> but everything all the monsters are a single color. Oh, huh. I don't remember that being the case, but I it, I yeah. didn't spend a bunch of time like looking super I mean, close. It, it definitely had an aesthetic that you would recognize if we were describing it it um but the like strategy of it's pretty cool and then as you like so once you if you can just sort of kill any level one monsters and then you level up and then you can like after a while you can start killing level two monsters and it's it's really clever in the way that it uh it it is still a like obviously derivative of minecraft but adds this whole additional layer stop saying minecraft kevin yeah minesweeper (laughs) I mean, it's basically Minecraft, right? Like, it's it's all squares and a grid, and you're finding territory and acquiring resources. Yeah, chess totally <laughs> ripped off Minecraft. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it it has a uh, a health system where one of the things you can do is like if you if you need to make a guess or if you need to like attack something that is higher level than you, you can actually just take damage. Right. Yeah, you don't get you don't get killed immediately. Right, and that that's a sometimes a sometimes it's like that's sometimes that's your cushion for when you fuck up, and sometimes that's a strategic move. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really well done, I think. Yeah, it's very very clever. Yeah, I've been playing a lot of eight six eight hack. <laughs> Still, yeah. Yeah, I just I, because I've been having a hard time getting work momentum going. It's there on my desktop, and so I just click it and play a couple games. And then and I you... took all your work momentum this week. I've got so much right now. Oh, good. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Too bad you can't talk about it. Yeah, no, I yeah. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think. Like, can I say something really abstract? Nope. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so you you issue the mobile version for the desktop version. Yes. Interesting. Yeah, I think the desktop version is way, way better. I wonder if it's just because I have spent so much time in bed recently that, like, all I can think about is, like, mobile games. Uh, Just the controls and the fact that you can... So you have unambiguous inputs on a keyboard, right? And, I mean, also, I learned... Your argument is that touch controls are ambiguous? I'm saying I occasionally accidentally make the wrong move... And it is a game where making the wrong move can kill you. And you don't, you never accidentally click the wrong direction. Ah, okay. I guess I do sometimes, but not nearly as much. Like, I mean, when you're, when you make a mistake on a keyboard, it feels a lot like, a lot more like it's your fault than when, when you make a mistake on a touchscreen. Okay. But also, 
on the phone, you have to memorize the costs of all of the programs. Oh, is it just in hover text or something? The, the like casting cost. If there's a, pro- yeah, if there is a program that is in a block in the map, a lot of the time my decision of whether I want that program or not is based on what resources I have. I see. And what it costs to cast. And in the PC version, you can just right click on it and get a pop up that tells you how much it costs to cast. Um, okay. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know, it also just, I like the big fat pixels. <laughs> that that game had the best Steam trailer of a video game that I've seen in a long time. <laughs> yeah, had a gimmick. <laughs> yep, it's so good. That game has continued to perform very, very well, like, well, relatively well for Michael Bro. In a way that, like, Helix never did. That's because Helix is, was not a very good game, Kevin. It, Helix is a great game, and it's weird to me that, A, you don't like it, and B, that, like, it was not recognized. It as is a, a Twitch game. game on a fucking touchscreen. Like, I would probably really enjoy that game if there was a PC version of it. I, but the touchscreen is almost inherent to the experience because of the accelerated movement that happens. I think I I think it would might be super weird and frustrating if it if he just ported the controls over directly. Yeah. You probably would have to get rid of that, but then it kind of loses the one of the sort of interesting mechanics. Yeah, I mean that may be true, but I I mean <clears throat> I just bounced off of it. Huh. Super super hard because it weird. was just it was way too hard in a way that <clears throat> didn't feel fair because it's like, oh, I'm trying to do this thing, but up, oh, my thumb accidentally moved down to where the home button is. I guess it's game over. Hmm. Like, yeah, I don't know. Do you think it's a better game than 868 Hack? I th- I would have said that it was more accessible. Huh. And that's the thing that is that is interesting to me just in terms of overall uh, sales, I guess. I think 868 like, is popularity. more interesting to be bad at. Okay. And I think that everyone is bad at Helix because Helix is almost impossibly difficult. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Flappy Bird was super hard, but very popular. Yeah. I guess it was free. So that's a, that is a barrier to entry that his other games. Have. I feel like flat, the popularity of Flappy Bird at least started as irony. Yeah, you don't think it was the like. Well, no, I think it actually does hold up. The difficulty plus the simple score that it's super easy to compare with. Well, friends. I think that's why it had legs once. But I, but I don't think. I'll, so when you're talking about accessibility and popularity, I don't think that would have been enough if it wasn't also just really lo-fi and dumb-looking. I think people started playing that game because, like, it's it's the but it was recognizably dumb, right? Because it was like it was it looked a lot like Mario graphics, yeah. And eight six eight hack and and uh, Helix are just this very different glitchy aesthetic that is not mainstream at all. So right, maybe that's yeah. that's part of the problem. I the kind of the thing that I like about the graphics of eight six eight hack is that they're not actually glitchy in the way that even like Zaga 33 or what's his one that everybody fucking loves that is too hard. Corrupt. <laughs> Corrupt. Yeah. Like, because those like 
at no point when you're playing 868 hack is everything just all fucked up. <laughs> right? Everything looks like very deliberate pixel art. Except, I guess, ever the screen the after you room? win, when it's like, oh, here's some glitchy bullshit on the screen that's clearly being randomly generated. Like, Glitch Tank just looked all fucked up to the point where it was often difficult to tell what was going on because its aesthetic was malfunctioning software. Like, I don't... I don't think that I would say that 868 has a glitch aesthetic in its graphics. Interesting. Because everything is super deliberate and very clean and very attractive. Attractive is definitely a contentious point. Right? Everything is symmetrical. Things are not deliberately not symmetrical the way that they are in a lot of his other stuff. Things, nothing the, is deliberately ugly. Everything is just sort of lo-fi. Huh. So the, I mean, the, the walls themselves with their like sort of, I don't know, circuit diagram style textures. It's pretty. There's not a but point not- where it looks like a, an eighth of the sprite has just been randomly swapped out with a letter or a different eighth of a different sprite. Okay. Which is, in my mind, the hallmark of his glitchy looking stuff. I, it's notable that, like, yeah, I'm looking at a screenshot now and it does all look very deliberate, but it also just has the same feel as uh, Corrupt. It looks, I mean, it, no, it's, the right. same it's, artist, like, it's but, like he made that art and then didn't fuck it all up right. the way that he normally does. Right, yeah. Which is great because I like that art and I don't like it when it's all fucked up on purpose. <laughs> He tweeted today about watching somebody play through Deus Ex Machina on the ZX Spectrum, which I watched like the first eight or ten minutes of that, and the soundtrack is amazing. Uh, but I don't really understand the gameplay even a little bit. Is just watching. So that was a system that only had a one-bit speaker, right? It was like a hundred and twenty-eight bit sound. Okay. But it like it had full voice and oh wow really good audio and stuff. It was it it might have I I might have misunderstood, but it sounded like it came with a tape that you had oh. to synchronize with playing the game. That yeah okay that would explain what how you would get sound in <clears throat> yeah in that system. Uh, it was fascinating. What kind of game? <laughs> I don't. Maybe I should just I, look this up. You should just look it up because I do not understand. We'll put like, it in the show there, notes. I mean, there Jim was will a. Put it in the show I mean, notes. yeah, uh, yeah. There was a cursor that I'm assuming that there was definitely like the computer sort of sweeping, sort of panning across the screen, and you had some sort of cursor that was moving around the screen, but I could not really tell what it was doing. I think maybe it was actuating parts of the screen that you were looking at and i have no idea what that actually did huh it was baffling interesting yeah it's super cool looking like very retro very like i mean it's not retro if it's just old right well (laughs) sure uh oh it's, it's funny how like all games were baffling back then but some of them really seemed to play it up yeah 
I think the word that Michael Bro used was this is very earnest. Oh, okay. <clears throat> Interesting. And he just like, he thought it was super beautiful the way that it was just like unapologetically what it was. But you don't want to overdo that because uh, nobody likes it when Ernest goes to camp. Oh. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> there was a game, uh, there was an X-Men game for the Genesis where like at some point in the game, there was an in-game terminal that instructed you to reset the computer to continue. Huh. And you actually had to push the soft reset button on the Genesis itself. Huh. Okay. Um, to continue the game. And this is the sort of like fourth wall breaking shit that like people in their 20s love. Okay. But the audience of that game was like eight year olds. <laughs> and for them, that's just like another just super confusing thing that you don't understand about the world in a pool of a million confusing things a day. Hearing about, I never played any of the Metal Gear Solid games, and hearing about the, what is it, Psycho... Psychomantis. Psychomantis. Yes. Psychomantis yeah. fight, like, blows my mind, because it sounds amazing. Well, in, in you about yeah, like, the other save files you had on your car. Yeah, it, it, it is cool, <clears throat> but it's not as good as, like, the story of it. Yeah, well, that, and that's the thing, I, I only ever got the story of it, yeah. right? So, like, someone explaining it, like, you know, he says, put the controller down, and then he, like, <laughs> he, like, moves the controller across the floor or the table or whatever, and you're like, holy shit, this is creepy yeah, and weird, yeah. and, like, always anticipating your moves or whatever, and you're having to figure out the, to, like, beat him, you have to change ports or whatever, like, that's yeah. fucking cool, yeah. like, I love that, that fourth wall breaking bullshit, you know? Yeah, like, that's great. That's it's so great. good. It, it, yeah, but, <clears throat> and, but, but again, like, in practice, like, Actually solving that puzzle of how to beat the guy is just annoying. Sure. It, but it does make a great story. Yeah. And, like, I do think that more people have heard the story of the Psycho Mantis fight than have actually played it. And so, like, in that sense, they've... The majority of people have had a good experience with it. <laughs> okay. I think, that's a, I think that's fair, but that's also acceptable and awesome right like sure yeah kevin did you ever play <clears throat> eternal darkness no or did you watch when uh our, our friend aaron played it at the office no is is that the one that has the like the insanity mechanic yeah yeah yep yeah. i think i've seen like maybe five like minutes of it on the insanity mechanics, yeah preventing anyone <laughs> else from doing it for years which sucked. really? I didn't. Is know Is that about still that. in effect, so. or is that it's coming expired? Up, it's coming up on ready to expire. I imagine. I think I have one of the that. Batman games did a really good job with the insanity mechanics. Yeah. Oh, the the scarecrow fight yeah. or whatever. Um, and I guess maybe they just didn't do any of the really fourth wall breaking ones, like saying you deleted your save file. They didn't make it look like the machine sort of crashed and started over. Yeah, maybe that was it. Um. But yeah, I mean, I don't know what that patent actually said. And yeah. I feel like other games have done stuff kind of like that and nobody ever Oh, there's certainly that. prior art for it. Yeah. Well, maybe maybe agreements were made. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I was just thinking about that today because I was bringing a box of stuff home from the office that you had put together. That was, oh, this is yours. And in it was all my GameCube games, mm. including that one, which... I managed to buy used for like 12 bucks at some point. Nice. I feel like that's probably tricky to find now. Or maybe mm. not. Maybe they printed a billion copies of it. I wish that I had played all the way through it 
when I had the chance. Cause I don't think that I will have the patience for it now mm-hmm. just because there's a lot of like levels where you're that fat architect guy who can't move very <laughs> fast and it's really boring to get around the levels. There are really good let's plays of it. <clears throat> and don't you have to beat the game three times to get the real ending? Yeah. yeah. Cause you're, you're, you're given a choice at the very beginning of the game and no context for understanding what that choice is. Right. And it has a pretty significant gameplay effect. Yeah. Right. You choose like which color of talisman to pick up or whatever. And then that determines what like half the enemies in the game are. And oh, that's and weird. Some of them are much harder than the others to deal with. The others. Yeah. Because so, of being resistant to one or the other kind of magic. And also what kind of damage they do to you. Yeah. Right. The ones that damage your sanity are like the biggest assholes to deal with because it's so hard to recover that. Yeah. Um, well, I remember that game being easy enough that I kept my sanity deliberately at low levels just because it was more fun that way. Yeah. But I mean, if it runs out completely, like if you did, if you picked the green thing and were constantly running into guys that would harm your sanity, it was harder to do that. Oh yeah. Right. Like if you pick the blue one, Guys attack you and steal your mana. If you pick the red one, guys are just beefy. Like the zombies are like beefier and just take more of your health. Yeah. But if you pick I the green one. I wonder if I just lucked out then. Yeah. I and mean, that's the thing. Like it is a pretty significant gameplay choice that is not explained at all, which is great, I guess. Because <laughs> um, well, it, you don't know any better. I mean, great, you choose like, one yeah, and then that's just yeah. the video game, right? Like, yeah. No, yeah. I remember like similar... A similar situation is like the in in Mass Effect, the sniper class is apparently just super difficult compared to the others, and that's just a like a balance error. Um, and it it's one of those things where it you're effectively making a you're it's effectively a difficulty selector, but you don't know it. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's going to be true in any game where you pick a class and the classes aren't very balanced. Right. And the more balanced the classes are, the more samey they are, and the more boring the game is. So, gosh. Well, I think the in that case, the the right way to do it is to just telegraph to the player, like, okay, this one's going to be difficult. Yeah, yeah. Like the in Dark Souls, there's the um, there's a class that's like basically like a vagrant or just deprived. I think yeah. is the name of it. Yeah. Who start with and, like no bonus starting stats or gear. Right. And then there's the class that's like, I think it's the Royal. It's just, oh yeah, you're just, you're, you're in a much better starting condition than most of the other characters. Hmm. The trouble with Dark Souls is that not only does it not explain any of the game's mechanics at the beginning, it also doesn't explain any of them in the middle or at the end. <laughs> well, except in no- notably like that stuff in th- this particular example is actually pretty well telegraphed. Well, th- this guy is worse than this guy, but like somehow in playing Dark Souls 1, I got the impression, because I think the game straight up tells you this, that increasing your strength made it so you swung weapons faster, which is just a thing that a lot of people believe that is apparently entirely not true. Oh, interesting. And like uh, there are just rumors about the game that are widely believed. But I don't that, know why that... I would have just made that up. Like if you had asked me, I would have said, yes, the game told me that this was true. 
I mean, and also oh, like, yeah. you know, the tiny beings ring, it says it allows you to recover a little bit of your hit points over time. And like, actually, no, it doesn't. And it's the worst, most bullshit item that you can pick in the beginning. <laughs> but it just tricks you into picking that item if you read the descriptions of the items and believe them. This is like some <laughs> this is like some Simon's Quest level. <laughs> yeah, it's very rare for a game to I think that actually one was just lie a to you. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, because it, it didn't generate like the yeah. lore that you got was not generally like deliberately misleading right. the way that it was in Simon's Quest. Yeah, God. <laughs> so like the fact that those all of that text was really badly translated and half of it was meant to be just people in the world lying to you. Yeah. Yeah. Simon's yeah. Quest was. Well, even 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 diegetically, it's very rare for a game character to lie to you. Yeah. Hmm. Well, like a boss might example, say, "I'll never be defeated." <laughs> yeah, but that that's clearly like a character error. Like, I'm sure the boss actually believes that. You think? I guess pe- players have really been trained to just believe things that that they're told in video yeah. games. Yeah, definitely. We should mess with that. We like okay, so in our psychomantis, <clears throat> he's like you sh- to beat this fight, you got to set your house on fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You got to send me a dollar in the mail. He's got the flame detector on the new PS5. <laughs> the only way to win is not to play. Or it just uses the camera, I guess, to detect flames. <laughs> okay. I guess it uses the camera to set your house on fire. Like it, it, or that the opposite of a, of a magnifying around. glass. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Is a camera the opposite of a magnifying glass? Sure. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Wasn't there was like, there was some notable thing with like, it wasn't an Apple II, but it was something like that where you could write a couple lines of basic code that oh, would just and re- light the monitor on fire. Set the monitor on fire. Yeah. yeah like early PCs did that. And you could you could set the uh, the monitors timings such that if they were outside of the range of what it could physically safely do, it would just break the monitor. Pretty cool. Yeah, <laughs> I bet some guy had a lot of fun going like to Sears and doing that to all the computers. Well, the story that I heard was like the guy, and this is like a guy in the demo scene. Jim Leonard talked about like when he was a kid, accidentally doing that to his own machine. And then going in and like asking to get asking for a replacement for this hardware that was arguably faulty and then offering to demonstrate on this demo machine over here. And it was like the sort of offer slash threat. And he, I, I got the impression he did do it in a threatening way. Like, why don't I demonstrate on like this machine that a very rich cust- like potential customer is looking at right now right. Uh, and ended up getting a replacement that way? Mm. And that's why no modern language lets you poke. <laughs> that's why, uh, you know, that's why. Well, it's, it's also why nothing is memory mapped these days. Yeah, everything everything is like protected mode. I mean, you couldn't really do anything impressive with early computers without like direct access to the video memory. Right, so, yeah. And, you know, it was the Wild West. And then the civilizing influence of Windows came in. Now everything's just nice guy preemptive multitasking. Yeah. And uh and walled gardens. They replaced the open range with the walled garden. Uh anybody well, else played anything dark. else? I don't even remember uh, who was talking or what they were talking about. I played a couple I played some games. Copy Frog. What's Copy Frog? Copy Frog. It's a se- seven day roguelike demake of Cross Crossy Road. Okay. Oh. <clears throat> but it's like uh, turn-based 
It's turn-based, yes. Uh, it's surprisingly challenging, hmm. given that I, it's just yeah. Because I would have said that a turn-based crossing road would be much much easier. <laughs> it's there's more going on. There's there are there are some things that happen. I don't want to spoil it, but there are some things that happen that make it more challenging. It's good. It it's worth checking. Is out. Is it like bump style? No. Uh, what is bump style? Bump was another game. Th- so the seven day a- roguelike Aaron that Steed is what? It was by Aaron Steed. Who's, how do I know that name? Uh, what, he did some other stuff that he made probably. Bump. Oh, he's the guy that made Bump. Yeah. Uh, yes. Bump came out of the same seven-day roguelike that 868-56527 came out of. Yeah. It was a good seven-day roguelike. Yeah. It was, a, it was a good vintage for hastily constructed awesome video games. You should play <laughs> You should play Bump, Jim. It's very good. It, it is just a sort of a turn. It is a very simple but turn-based side-scroller. You have platform hundred. You have four hundred steps oh, to get right. as far as you can was if you don't die. Was that the same die. seven day roguelike uh, that uh, that had that one that was in the insane asylum? I yes, it was Portalusis. Oh yeah, yeah Port- Portalusis Port- was in that one too. That was a fucking. That was the best seven seven day roguelike. Yeah. It was so fucking. Good. Oh, also so a little like game called NetHack came out of <laughs> oh, that wow. year's seven day roguelike. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's. <laughs> Portalusis was the is the only game that I've ever seen by Christopher Whitman. He worked on he worked on Glitch at the same time. I think this was like a side project of his. Hmm. Um, and he but it was he got amazing. launched into the sun at the same time as all of the other people who worked on Glitch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so good though. Yeah, these games that people like. I mean, granted, they often have like tool sets that they've been developing for months or years beforehand. Sure, but the games yeah. that they make in literally a week are so compelling yeah and it's also a lot of it is just is development experience knowing what's going to work and what's not going to work right yeah i feel Uh, like it's probably fairly rare that somebody who has not made other games from start to finish produces like a good game jam game right yeah when you guys were talking about various mechanics that could be how well, crossy frog cross it was copy frog copy frog yeah it was it was builds a d make of crossy road i was thinking about the that graph <clears throat> paper racing game that i don't know if that has a name it's kind of a folk game you guys know the one i mean paper mm-hmm. racing game graph paper hmm oh the the idea is you you sketch out the track you want to play okay and then you have a starting position on the grid um and you keep track of your velocity, and your velocity is an integer. Uh, it's an integer vector, so you can move one, two, three squares, left, right, up, down. Okay. Um, and every turn, you you draw out your 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 path uh, based on your vector, how much you moved that turn, and then you project that out again, and you can adjust it in. Um, Adjust it up up to one in any direction, right? And so it's a way it's a way to like have it's an interesting movement mechanic that's completely like turn based, and it feels like you know you you want to accelerate because it's a racing game. You want to accelerate and get the number around the track in the fewest number of turns, but you have to slow down to take the corners. Or I, you d- hit the I wall. did play this. I feel like we yeah. might have even talked about this on the podcast. Hmm. Yeah. Did Did you have a name for it? I don't remember. I don't have a name for it. Hmm. 
But that's the sort of thing that I think about when, like, I think about how to make a... Oh, wait, are you talking about, like, a game played on paper? Like, you... Yeah, literally graph paper. okay. But, I mean, you could totally do it with a mouse. I definitely played, at some point in the last few years, a game where there was turn-based movement, where it was just application of a vector to a thing, and you were trying to get around... That... What's it? Quadriga? That there's is like, that the chariot racing game? Yeah, there's an game? iPad chariot racing game that works kind of like that. It's pretty good, actually. We all, The Quadriga? only graph paper yeah. game that I remember playing is one that we made up called Shit Pit, where <laughs> you would draw, you, you would, each person had like three little sort of stars on their side, and your goal was to draw a line into the other person's stars. To capture them, okay. and you started out by drawing the shit pit in the middle of the page, and then each person. I took was wondering turns, where like, the word shit pit would come into it. Putting, uh, putting barriers up, like just drawing mazes, basically, hmm. and then each huh. player's move was a straight line from one point to you know. You could only move in straight lines, and it was it was obviously like if we weren't playing it with a ruler, it was sort of whatever, but it was just about like using a limited number of lines to make the most complicated to navigate space. So that interesting, so that you wouldn't, so that the other person would take more straight lines to get to your base than you would to get to theirs. And the previous players left impassable trails like Tron style. Yeah. It sounds, it sounds like a kind of a light cycles inspired thing. Our pen and paper game was, it was more of a Mornington Crescent sort of game. It was called Climb Knot and Choose. And the two players draw super elaborate spaceships on their half of the paper. And then a turn is like drawing an elaborate gun and explaining what dumb thing this does to the other guy's spaceship. And they either <laughs> retaliate with a similar dumb gun or some weird defensive reaction. <laughs> You were playing Calvin Ball. Yeah, it was basically pen and paper Calvin Ball, yeah. It was just sort of collaborative spaceship drawing. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. We also had a game uh, even more, like, uh, collaborative that was just called Art War, where you'd have two or three people, or I guess up to four people. It's a palindrome. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) nearly. Uh, But you would... Everyone would just start doodling on from one corner of the paper, and then as your doodling extended into the middle of the paper and, and started getting up against other people's doodles, you would try and yeah. subvert their doodle style to be more like what you were drawing. I remember my- There's a similar thing that I actually do have a name for called Exquisite Corpses. Oh, yeah, that's a classic. Oh, you know about that. That's yeah, the like sentence, you the- make a word and pass it on and they can only see the word before- Oh, uh, that's something else, but it's related. Um, <laughs> exquisite corpses is you you draw like you ha- you fold a sheet of paper into like thirds, and then one person draws uh, on the top third, and then folds the paper such that the next person can only see like half an inch of the drawing, oh. and they they um, draw in the middle third using that little sliver as a template. Oh, nice as a yeah. prompt. So often okay. it's like it's like a person, like the first guy draws the head and then extends the lines down so the next guy can see right, yeah. where the neck is and they draw the mm. the torso. Or I had always that's heard a, exquisite corpse used to refer to the, the game that's just like either you draw, you write a sentence and then hand it to the next person who writes a sentence and then folds the paper such that the original sentence isn't visible. And so mm. it's just that's, that. Yeah, I guess that's basically the same thing yeah, except just, with yeah. words. Well, because there's also the like the <clears throat> the telephone variant where it's like 
one person writes a sentence, the other person draws it. And oh, that's yeah, tell, really tell, telling, which was boxed up as telestrations, right? Like, right. But oh, what did we, we call that's it? A, that's a so much better name for it than. They, yeah, they made a bro- they made an broken picture app. telephone was the like online version of it. Yeah, which was, and I had always heard it described. It's called "Eat poop, you cat," <laughs> which I think they named it after one of the sentences in the game. Um, but you know, telestrations—that's a much better name for it. Yeah, my grandma and I used to play a game sometimes where you would draw a just like a scribble on a note card or or a piece of paper, and then hand it to the other person, who would then have to like make it into a coherent picture. Yeah. Huh. I don't know where yeah. that came from. That's more fun if like one person isn't an artist and the other one is. Um, yeah. I guess my grandma was an artist. Not professionally, but she was but, pretty good at oil painting. Like weirdly good at oil painting. Like never did anything except like every once in a while it'd be like, I mean, she could make just like a sort of a, you know, Bob Ross or hotel caliber just mm-hmm. painting of a lake with some trees or whatever. It's sure. like, wow, that's yeah. actually pretty impressive. That's interesting. My uncle it's a, does It's a weirdly like specific skill, to... like manipulating, not just being able to put together a picture, but oil painting is a very, like, very specific, like manipulating these particular materials to make a picture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I guess it's materials <clears throat> that are evolved to be manipulated to make pictures. I I wonder, like, if... At this point, they are obsolete, and people keep doing it because that's what the old masters did. Yeah, because I get the so, sense. But I mean, that at the, by at this point, you mean in the last two hundred years? Y- yes, I kind of do. Uh, I get the sense that, for example, like airbrush is just a much easier medium to work with. Um, well, you can make like a fucking sweet dragon. <laughs> yeah, well, we'd have to ask Vermeer. Never, never did that. Rachel Bess, <laughs> why she works in oil. Yeah. Than- yeah. I mean, she might just be doing it as an affectation, mm. right? I mean, not. I don't mean in that in a bad way. No, I just mean no. like because just it's like because oils. Are yeah. Being- I mean, same reason. Yeah. No. I, every I, once I in a while, that- you'll meet a guy who's a blacksmith. Yeah. yeah. You know. Yeah. And it's, well, it's- I think the people, the people who are buying her work, are buying it because they want like a certain, a certain like sophistication and like a very particular one, like one uh, that evokes that that era. Yeah. Which is kind of funny because she works from a photograph. She'll like hire a model, set up a scene, yeah, photograph it, and then work from a photograph. Print the photo really big. And, <clears throat> yep. Yep. Or like run it through the, the oil painting filter in Photoshop. Right? Yeah, or send it to China, send it to one of those Chinese uh, oil painting houses. <laughs> yeah. Just a painting, an oil painting of a Chinese house. <laughs> uh, I played I played a little more La Mulana. <clears throat> that game continued to frustrate me. Talk about it while I pee. Okay. <laughs> I uh he's leaving the room <clears throat> to do that, thankfully. Oh, oh good. Good. Um sir, so I I played one session where you know, so I finally like got the, the Holy Grail or whatever and was able to warp around good. finally. Um Wait, the the Holy Grail is like the first thing you get? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh and when you do that, it sort of says autosave mm-hmm. right and so then i stopped being concerned about saving regularly because i was like oh i can just always continue from my last autosave uh but then i i like walked away from it for a few minutes came back didn't really remember where i was or what i was doing so then i hit well i'll just load mm-hmm. so i loaded my last save and i was like 
wait a second, this is like a long time ago. Yeah, because they're, 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 they're not literal saves. They're not literal saves. So like I had lost three hours of progress because I loaded an earlier save, even though it says that it's saving. Yeah. Yeah. That's I was too bad. Uh, so like that was super frustrating. And like the game is just in like incredibly intentionally obtuse. It is <laughs> like, really obtuse. I, I am starting to get to the point where I'm starting to rethink my rule of trying to do it without getting any hints <laughs> because <laughs> I'm starting to, after 17 pages is what my notebook is up to now. But yeah, and, and so far I've been making progress every time I play. But I've like last night I've I hit a wall where it's like I I just have no idea what the. So next I was, is. I was stuck for probably an hour. I I had like gone over the entire map, could not figure out what else to do, and I was like, "Fuck it, I'm just gonna look at a walkthrough." And something that I what what I had not done was go into a boss fight try to kill the boss, not be able to do any damage, leave the boss fight, and then go talk to yeah, an NPC. To, to oh. yeah. Right, because every time I went into that boss fight, I would just die and continue without, like, and so that save doesn't have the knowledge of me seeing that boss fight. So because I hadn't done that, I had not gotten an item from the NPC that makes it so that you can actually kill that boss. Yep. That is a weird, like, the... The difference, but the way the game treats the difference between player knowledge and player character knowledge is kind of weird. Yeah, like, yeah, the, because the the fight kills you, the game gives you this option to always be able to just teleport out of any situation. Abt, right? right. Always, always be teleporting. Be teleporting. Uh, so like, I guess it makes sense to like consider that a valid choice. Yeah, and I feel but, like well, this this. I, I don't know whether this is something that has been adjusted for the EX version that I'm playing. Oh, right. Because you've got that like uh, an upgrade yeah, from what I'm so playing. Did, did it seem like, did it seem like you weren't doing damage just because you were sucking or did it seem like the game was definitely messaging you? You're not doing any damage to this guy. Uh, it was there was nothing that I could do that did damage, but you you never know if you don't just are missing the right tool, right? Mm. So I was like, well, I guess I just come back to this later, right? right? And there were a couple there are a couple of fights that were like that where I just couldn't ever kill the boss. So I was like, well, I guess I just need something else. Yeah, man, there's one of the there's a mini boss that I that I I fought, and it became pretty clear that there's a, a specific thing that you're supposed to go get to to make beating that boss reasonable, and like that that same NPC character tells you about it. But after looking and looking and looking and trying to find this thing, I couldn't find it, so I went back to that mini boss and just shot him with the pistol until he died. <laughs> I used like <laughs> the entire clip of ammo. And this wasn't the like the thing that shoots the feathers yeah, at you, was it? Yeah, the him. Yeah, the time fuck stuff. that mini boss. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah, there there you have to you have to get, I guess, a time stop artifact to, to yeah, deal with wh it. Which where the fuck is that? Like what that's, the fuck? That's that's the thing that I'm trying to figure out right now because I have I've since progressed further, but it's getting to the point where like I think I'm progressing into like the middle or or late middle sections of the game without having found some of 
the important early game items oh yeah you're that because the game is so non-linear and so yeah. now I'm, I'm i'm going back through everything trying to find what i missed but there's i, I hit that particular boss i hit with probably 70 flares oh, and God. did not kill him and i was like this is the only way that i have been able to figure out how to reliably kill this boss this took like half an hour man he's not dead what the fuck am i supposed to do Oh god. There Most video like, games, like if you're doing like half a point of damage to a per hit, yeah. you you know that you're doing something wrong, but I There's wouldn't... no health meters on these bosses. Yeah. So you don't know oh. if you're making any progress. If, if, you, yeah. if you do damage to it, it flashes <clears throat> red and that's the only and signal then, you get. Yeah, and then like sometimes it stops time and for you and gets to fire a bunch of weapons at you. Nice. And if you like I figured out a way where I could avoid that shot most of the time. And so I was able to just sort of arbitrarily do damage, but then I ran out of ammo because I had like there's an ammo cap on if you, how much stuff if you can you buy. If you search on the the Steam community pages, somebody yeah. made a really good like Invisiclues style guide huh. for for the Lana Lana remake that that lets you like get information about stuff, but like without being spoiled. Yeah, because it's all in spoiler tags and it's like you know okay like the first I thing could, if you I just could maybe want get into a little that. bit yeah so I I I have not read any of it yet because I'm still trying to be real strict with myself but if you're not yeah I mean I I got spoiled that, on like two or three things really there, there was solution there were like there was there were two different weapons that I hadn't found because I just didn't know they existed which have become very useful and that like figuring out how to kill that, the boss where you have to go get the book of the dead or whatever, yeah. like <clears throat> those, those three things or whatever I was spoiled on. And I'm still just trying to, to make progress incrementally, but like every time you get a new thing, you basically just have to traverse the whole map, which is so expansive at this point yeah. to see if something new has unlocked or whatever at least it, it makes that noise when you've done something <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah there's been a few there's been a couple of things that i solved without knowing what i did or why <laughs> and did you have you gotten to eden yet yeah that was a cool you did, did, and you did that you did that without you did that without spoilers yes but what like there's four riddles that you have to solve to get in there and yeah and one of those i i don't know what i did huh okay yeah. the because the, uh, that was that was brutal yeah that was that was i think last week that was where i said i i had that was the wall i had hit last week i, I was working on that okay because that is that is ridiculously hard yeah that took a while Seems like you've been playing a lot of this, Kevin. I, I mean, definitely. Like this is this is what I was doing while I was in bed, basically, because mm. I had my laptop. So, yeah. <clears throat> Fuck it. It's it's so hard. I also have, I don't know, t ten or twelve pages of notes <laughs> on various little scraps of paper, maps, maps of the levels that just are incomprehensibly like written up and stuff. Yep. Well, I'm yeah. Just wait I, like, until you re, wait until you have to start making notes about the cipher and writing down the the foreign. Wait, characters. do you have to translate the fucking language that it doesn't translate for you? There is one. There is a puzzle where you will have to know what the letters are. Oh, yeah. God, Jesus! <laughs> oh, come on, this is exactly the kind of thing that you crave, Kevin. 
Yeah, I just like having some sense of whether I'm making progress or not, or like what you might want to consider doing next or something. Yeah, I think I think that Invisiclue style thing is probably what you're looking for. I mean, was this just a game that was meant to be basically inscrutable for an individual and they had to talk with their friends about how to make progress? I think like, it may have been, because the, the right, original that's, that's, version of it was sort of a love letter to the MSX, which I guess was... I feel a like Japanese that sort of thing is a lot more like a... A lot more of a thing that happens in Japan, specifically yeah. in Japanese games. So the thing you might see in an FM Towns game. Like that, yeah. Um, like, Tower of Duraga comes to mind. Um, also, Dark Souls. Like, I'm actually... One of the things I am sad about is that I'm not going to get a PS4 anytime soon, so I can't be part of the process of discovery mm-hmm. of what's happening in Bloodborne. Uh, because I'm hearing people talk about, like... How right now nobody doesn't nobody knows anything about how this game works basically, right. and they're just figuring out like what are like they're honing in on like what what are even close to the best practices like what are what is each weapon good for what do each item what does each item do um it's a super interesting process to observe even from the outside but I'd love to be a part of it. What bullshit hmm. stick does four times as much damage as every <laughs> other weapon in the game? Yeah, are shields bullshit? In fact, I think yes. I think shields in Bloodborne, and Bloodborne are total bullshit, and there's one, like, bullshit fake shield they give you. Like, yeah. haha, shields. Remember that fucking joke we played on you in Dark Souls 2? <laughs> Pretending like this was a fucking thing? I think they actually were a thing in, in 2. I could be wrong. <laughs> but yeah, like, I, my understanding is that in Bloodborne, there's a shield slot, but the only shield you that you ever get is just completely ineffective, which is... That's the sort of thing I would do. Yeah. Yeah, but you make things that are <coughs> more jokes than games. Yeah, sure. Yeah, definitely. And I and I feel like the Soul series is like a series of game ass games. Mm. Eh. Yes, but like they they're definitely also experiential in terms of like trying to put the player in sort of a weird state, in a weird mental space. Mm. Which is part of the fun. I so I would never describe uh, a frog fractions as being like disrespectful of the player's time, but I don't. It do, like I do think that you would do a thing in a game that wasted some of the player's time to be funny. I so. I'm not sure that I would. Or maybe that's me <laughs> that I'm thinking of. I mean, of. I, I remember um, in Super Paper Mario, there's a a part of the game that sends up RPG treadmills by actually having a literal treadmill in the game that you literally have to, like, yep. hold right on for, like, 10 minutes. <laughs> and I thought that was like, okay, you've made the joke. Are you actually going to make me do this for 10 minutes and they made you do it for 10 minutes. Yeah, and it, was it wasn't really like a like, bonus thing. It wasn't like an Easter egg that you got for doing that. It was a thing that you had to do to progress. It's it's one of those things where, like, okay, to satirize, like, treating the player in a shitty way, we're going to treat the player even more shitty than usual. Yep. That's not, the, that's not a good game design ethos. I, and it's the same deal with No More Heroes, like the, the exaggeratedly bad minigames between the fun parts of the game. It, it's it's not a good game experience. I, and I don't mean to 
disparage your, I'm trying, I'm trying to figure out why I, it seems like more of a dick move for something like that to happen in a souls game than in a game that is mostly supposed to be funny. Right. Like, I mean, well, so you're not really ever thinking about or worried about failing in frog fractions. Like, I guess you are right at the beginning, but that is more of a game design sort of a section of the game. Like Dark Souls is very much about success and failure and failure often costs a lot. Um, and so, and especially in when you're already confused about how the game works, it's maybe kind of a dick move to deliberately do something. Well, I think that the thing that saves it from my understanding is that the shield is obviously bad. Yeah. That you're not going to try to use it like, and think it's going to help you. I keep hearing that there are 45 second loads after death. Oh, I've that heard long? that too, I've heard, and that's I've not. I've heard it's real bad. I hadn't heard a time. That is like, yeah, that's something that like that is I, a showstopper. Every, yeah. Every time there's a new console, I keep hoping people will figure that shit out. Why would that make it through development? Like people got to recognize that that's unacceptable. I mean, maybe it used to be five minutes. Maybe <clears throat> this is a huge improvement. They are. They're hmm. apparently working on a patch for it. They're going to patch more RAM into every yeah. PS4. Yeah, that's, that would be the way to do it. Yeah. I mean, it, it could also be that, like, if you install... I, I, don't, I don't know, like, it, it might even be on the new consoles. You have to install every game. Uh, but certainly, like, a single-speed single speed Blu-ray drive is not going to be the fastest place to load things from. Yeah, anyway. Is that all everybody's been playing? Uh, I played a couple things. What'd you play? I played an iPad game. I think it might also be on the phone called Touchtone. Oh yeah. Oh I yeah. I've heard about this. Yeah. What did What did you think? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it's a it's sort of a classic style. You know, reflecting the laser beams around the grid. You've got your laser emitters and your laser receivers and angled mirrors and splitters and things. I guess the the twist to the mechanic is that the is that the rows and columns are like conveyor belted, so you can't just drag an object wherever you want because when you move something horizontally, everything in that row moves with it. That like because they didn't often at least in the first part of the game that I played use that as a puzzle element mm -hmm. it was Until, so much more of a just like well I just wasn't paying attention and I accidentally fucked up, up some yeah. part of the puzzle I had already solved and I don't remember where this was cuz it doesn't really it's not it, hard yeah. to get around it's just tedious not not at first because it doesn't really come into play until the board is fairly full of stuff right so is Every time you move a row or a column, you have yeah, to move that whole row. Yeah, the entire row or column moves. Um, yeah, and uh, the but the the narrative around it is that you are working for the government, and you what you're doing solving this puzzle is I guess like manipulating the phone lines or whatever to listen in on people's conversations and read their emails, and your task is to decide if what you're reading is indicative of of danger to the government and and either mark it problematic or not problematic and and so it's it, it's this sort of i don't know 
discussion of of government surveillance. Yeah, you're surveilling this guy named like it, Jedward Schmoden. <laughs> it, it sounds like the sort of thing that could be a papers please kind of a situation, kind but of, does it actually say anything about it? It, it starts out, it, it gets real heavy handed real fast because once you get out of the tutorial and and get your 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 real assignment so to speak the it's a a uh, a dude of iranian descent and your government handler says you know they're like straight up says it because this dude's iranian and muslim he's almost certainly a terrorist so i'm just gonna take away the ability to mark these conversations as not important so okay, every that... time you finish a puzzle and and read some of this guy's communications it pops up the little thing that used to say important not important but now it only has one checkbox and just says important <laughs> that is pretty heavy-handed yeah i I'm, that... I'm really hoping that eventually there's like a turn where you get you the start opportunity working for the good to, guys yeah, or something. Yeah. You get, I, I, if it, if you're stuck being a bad guy the whole time, it, it's not it going to be much fun. It feels like the game could be anything and the story could be anything mm -hmm. in a way that is yeah. like weakens it a little bit. Yeah. Like papers, papers, please. One of the reasons it's so successful is because the, the theming comes across so strongly in the gameplay itself. Yeah. Right. And it, it sounds like, for example, if they had handled uh, uh, racial profiling by having it be much easier to flag people of a certain ethnicity than it is to actually identify uh, people who are, are an actual danger and you get the same reward for both. That would be a way to do that in gameplay, although it would also be pretty heavy handed. But I mean, that part of like those choices that you're making aren't actually part of gameplay, right? Like you're playing these levels, which are just an abstract puzzle game. Yeah. And then in between the levels, you're doing this quasi branching narrative, I guess. Okay. But if you get the, if you say this is not yeah. pertinent, they will say, Hey, yes, it is. Or if you say this is pertinent, actually, this isn't, they're just talking about butter or whatever. <laughs> so this is like, it's, it's more like a twine game where, it's paced out by this other mechanic. Yeah, yeah. I'm not even sure that there But it's are, not even there's no choices yeah, to make in the really twine game. It's choices, like yeah. it's a twine game where all the choices go to the same next node and the next node is play a game of Pac-Man and then when you're done yeah. with that come back in <laughs> and go to the yeah. next twine node. Yeah, I remember playing Mass Effect 2 and like they they work really hard to integrate these things and it, it the visual just the fact that they're rendered using the same style, it does a lot for the effect, but it does, it is pretty clear that like the combat system and the conversation system, the storytelling system in those games are completely separate. Um, and when you go into combat in Mass Effect 2, like you could just sub in a pinball game and it would be, yeah, yeah. it would work just as well. I, 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 was, I would have liked Mass Effect 2, which was the only one of the trilogy I played, a lot more if it had like autoplay the way like star control 2 had well hey, well they put in the um like the super easy mode i think it's called narrative mode in three yeah where, where combat, combat is just crazy easy i i i think i disagree with you on some level because the fact that like 
based on a given play style in the combat sections, some characters, some ancillary characters will be way more or less useful to you. Is that true? I didn't know that. Well, I mean, not just because like if if you're a guy that doesn't have a lot of single target damage or whatever, then the guy that has the sniper rifle and has a lot of single target damage, like you just because oh, see, because yeah. of the way that multi, you know, when you're controlling multiple people, a role playing game combat system works, you're going to end up leaning on specific abilities from specific NPCs. And that both changes who you take with you on missions, which then has an impact on the dialogue scenes because they're there as opposed to not being there. And it also like, makes you feel like you don't want to lose the characters. So you might try to make decisions that won't result in them dying and being taken away from you. And like, you've also like spent time with these guys. And so you like them more than if they hadn't like been around you being aggressively competent for, (laughs) yeah, for a bunch of time. I mean, I I wish I had had that experience. I remember I played this game for like 40, 50 hours and never really cared about, my companions in combat. Really? You didn't get sad about Morden? I don't even know that name. Oh, fuck you, Jim. You're not <laughs> even sorry. a person. <laughs> oh. Oh, wait. I think maybe that's Mass Effect 3. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> in, in fact, it is Mass Effect 3. He, okay. The, the, okay. Yeah. The, 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 like, super logical autistic scientist crab or whatever <laughs> crab guy he's a, yeah. he's a cool dude i every every character in that game you're more likely to get me to recognize them by describing their physical appearance than by or their personality even than by naming them i don't think i can name a single character except shepherd okay uh There's the what was the girl with the hexagons on her ass um, Miranda? No, I, I know no. the one you mean. I was going to say Nirvana, but yeah, I think Miranda yeah. probably makes more sense. Okay, yeah. Um, there was the was Smoking the... Man. I mean, the Elusive yeah. Man. <laughs> I think that's the character's actual name. Okay. What about the girl with all the tattoos? That was Jack. Jack. Yeah. Jack. Oh, good. Good, good there name. There's Rex. Uh, the, the... Oh, he's the T-Rex. Carpathian. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um... I don't remember what race that that hmm. is. Somebody Ithorian, or is that from Star Wars? I think that's Star Wars. Shit. Is <laughs> um, that his hammerhead? I, Ithorian. Big, <laughs> I think maybe I think there's so a big either. alligator guy. Um, hammerhead. There was David Bowie Covenant? assassin. Um, <laughs> oh, I don't remember that. Uh, the guy there was with, a guy who was actually a robot. Like he didn't have a mouth or something. Yeah. There was Legion. Legion was pretty cool. Legion was, was the, the uh, Legion was the Nordom, the Modron of of this game. The, there was the girl who never took off her mask. Yeah, it was, like, it was the chick with the helmet. No, except one, and the, you can make out with her, and then she's like, "Oh man, I have such a rash from taking off my mask that yeah, stops no, me from dying." I, I she actually doing took that. her helmet off. Wow, you don't not, see not it it's, on screen. It's off, oh. it's off screen. I mean, she did so she could blow you, presumably, because. <laughs> 
the people in that game have no compunctions about making out with their helmets still on. So <laughs> yeah. I can only assume so that there was some booze beyond kissing reason to take the helmet off. <laughs> Just pouring <laughs> magical whiskey through the visor on my helmet. <laughs> Space whiskey. Wait, why is the whiskey? At, I would imagine the helmet would be the thing that you would attribute the magic to. If that's, <laughs> I'm like, oh, this wouldn't work with water. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not an alcoholic. It's just that we don't have any magic orange juice. We only have... <laughs> Uh, I remember seeing a diagram of advanced lightsaber techniques, such as like when you're in, when you're locking swords with somebody, you toggle your lightsaber being off and on real quick to get past his sword. That seems like a good way to get yourself cut in half. Well, presumably like since you're the one who's doing it, you can do it in the opportunistic time, the time where it's good for you to do it as opposed to for him. It seems like almost every lightsaber duel would end in just a decisive beheading, like, right away. <laughs> I think that is very realistic, yes. I think that would be the way it would happen. I guess there aren't a lot of undecisive beheadings <laughs> either. Like it. Hmm. But yeah, you'd, it would be a lot more like in, like in old samurai movies, where there's not a lot of back and forth, where instead it's two guys staring at each other for 10 minutes and then the fight takes three seconds. Uh, do you guys want to talk about the assignment? Sure. Yeah, okay. To be or not to be? Yeah. The app by Ryan Northway. Just Ryan North. <laughs> Colin North. Uh, <laughs> okay. I don't think I have a ton to say about that. I, I never would have bought this book uh, and I'm glad oh, really? that I got to mess around with it. I I just <clears> don't. <throat> I really, really don't think Dinosaur Comics is funny. Yeah, I mean, that's. I, I know you guys like we'll, it, and I know that you just. We'll ignore your thoughts. No, I know. It, it, it's, you know, it's just a taste thing. <laughs> like, you guys don't but, like baseball card vandals nearly as much as I do. <laughs> and it's okay did, that you're uh, wrong. Did you enjoy this? I, the, the humor in this? Did. Because okay. it was jokes. <laughs> it, I would feel weird if you didn't like the humor in this because I feel like my own writing style owes yeah. a fair amount. Yeah, no, no. this is very much like something we would make. Yeah. Um, yeah, I no, I did enjoy it. I became a ghost uh, marine biologist. Yep. Yeah. My canonical yeah. ending was the one where you just, it's over in two moves. <laughs> uh, when you say canonical ending, you just mean your first? Yeah, my first one. Yeah. Okay. So is that the you you chose to be the ghost and then and you then were like, not to come back as a ghost? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. That was the very first thing I did as well. I think that having achievements, which I don't know that the book has, the book does not <laughs> um, make well, this into <clears throat> stickers. Though you could peel off and yep, stickers. Put them anywhere. Wow, that'd, that'd be, be good. That's pretty good. The book had stickers. Yeah. No, and like, it just un- could have. It could have had a chi- could, could have had Chivos. Okay. Like, wow. Unlocking unlocking That's the art idea. is another kind of like cool collectible kind of and thing. And I guess the art is in the book. Yeah, the art is in the book. Yeah, the art is in the book, okay. yeah. This is, but, I, uh, I think that I get this Kickstarter project and the one that Tevis Thompson and the guy that did the art from Braid, whose name I can't remember, David Duchovny. Prows. David Crane. That's Pitfall. David Duchovny. <laughs> That's David Duchovny. Uh-huh. <laughs> what? Who's this guy? 
it's such a it's sorry listeners (laughs) um um, i'm never so i anyway they they made that zelda thing that i don't know if it's out yet or not but i think that's a comic book (laughs) and not a choose your adventure do you know what i'm talking about i think so yeah okay yeah i I remember this or something was called I mean it's on the it's a thing I like so it's probably something dungeon or something (laughs) so I mean I I backed the Kickstarter for the book and I got the book and I read through probably half of it uh before I kind of put it down and then didn't come back to it I think this is a better way to I think a video game is a better way to present this kind of thing because it just has effortless checkpointing yeah well so that I that is actually one of my points of contention with this like if you want to see the artwork at the end of a storyline, you have to then go back to a checkpoint, which is sometimes a long way back. That's true. I mean, in, in the app, well, the app has checkpoints, the but there's section. not as many. Yeah. Of them. And although it does allow you to fast forward fairly quickly, it's not as quick as sticking your thumb in the book. Yeah. And, and the other thing that, a, that having a book does is you can, fucking tell if a choice is going to the same place you've been before oh right because like is it is it the same thing when i arrive in uh and arrive in denmark by way of boat or by swimming i don't know (laughs) i had never i I didn't get to any paths that seemed like a duplicate of another path unless it was like two choices two like two or three choices that actually all lead to the same place like without any branching well, but okay, but how do you know that they don't branch? Well, I, I, I just assumed. Right, and I don't know that that's always a good assumption because there are some there are some branches that are extremely similar but have just a subtle subtle wording differences yeah. mm-hmm. based on choices that you made earlier, and like they can branch out further from one of those but not all of them, right? Like, do you do you you know this to be true, and you're not just yeah. There, so like so be? like in the some of the Ophelia lines, right? Like if depending on the order in which you like go crazy and killing people, like some of them will read very much the same but okay. if you've yeah. done some stuff earlier it will you'll actually be able to survive the encounter and or in not. the book are those just similar but slightly altered copies of the same text yep. in a node yeah there, there are sections that are mm. that are basically the same except for a couple that's of words bad news in a book yeah that's not that's well, a thing that we always try to avoid in the choose the book is very thick right like well, and it's fine because it 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 it, it is okay because you know it's a different page, so you know that it's been well, printed. I feel like if you if you've got like Daryl, eidetic robot brain memory, you know it's the, a different page. Like, well, you you know it's a different page because it's a different page number, right? Like if you, if you've I, been that, sticking that's your what thumb I meant, in, and <laughs> still okay. it requires a Vulcan, I don't know, number. Brain so memory. Did we did we talk about mean meanwhile the app version of meanwhile on this podcast? I don't, I don't think remember. so. Okay, so that so the source material oh, man, is a, I get you is a, a bad g- birthday present. No, no, no. So the so the source material for that is a graphic novel. Choose your own adventure. So there's a way less writing, um, and it's it's just it's it's formatted differently, and it was converted into a an app that for me managed to maintain every single aspect of like what I like about 
messing around with a choose your own adventure book. Mm-hmm. Like it, you could very easily sort of stick your finger in a place and come back to it. You could also what I like just, about your mother. <laughs> you could just th- thumb through the whole thing if you wanted to. You could. Like, I want to remember this orifice for later. Yeah. <laughs> it, like it just it was just very very like incredibly user friendly. It thought of everything that I might want to do with a with a book version and managed to like translate that into some sort of similar mechanic or sort of UI interface. And I was just super impressed by it. And I was just, there were just so many sort of sticking points with the, to be or not to be the app version. Andrew Plotkin did the app version yeah, for a he did. while. He's, yeah. he's real on the ball. I do feel like it would have been better to have the option to create, to manually create checkpoints. Yes. Or, or to have a sort of map that you could refer to that had the entire structure in a graph. Oh yeah. And, and that art in... is that art is in the book but it is too small to actually read. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Huh, that's funny. It's actually yeah. if you it's in the app too if you go to the gallery it's like the last image in the gallery. Oh. But yep. but it's totally too small to read. Yeah, but just having I'm not even talking I mean hmm, you'd have to identify the nodes somehow, I yeah. guess. Or maybe not. I, mean, just... <laughs> I think they're color coded by character, but other than that, it's hard to tell because huh. it's so small. Yeah, I don't have much to say about this game in terms of content. Like it, it, it's funny and it does a good job, like running through the gamut of the meta jokes you can make. Um, the the book within the book. Yeah, yeah. The and well, the one thing that I was a little bit sad about was the the continue reading option at the very beginning where you can just say oh, yeah? i'm just gonna there's a button that says i'm just gonna continue reading whereas presumably in the book you're actually just turning the page you are yeah which is a much better way to present that particular joke yeah. yep um i made a game called celebrities in prison back in like 2005 which was a user written choose your own adventure or the idea is like every 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 node has two options and if you click on an option that hasn't been written yet, you're presented with a form to fill out. Right. And you can, and this is the sort of thing that like back in 2005, when it's just me and my hilarious friends writing it, uh, it's really good. And then after you make frog fractions and all these idiots are adding content, it's just, okay, all that stuff is garbage. Um, but I, I remember thinking about. All right. Exclusive story. scoop. Frog fractions fans are idiots. <laughs> Oh man, they're they're you know Frog Fractions fans are much closer to the general public than my hilarious friends are. Scoop the general public is idiots. That I will attest to. Okay, man, <laughs> if you ever run for office, you're fucked, Jim. Yeah, well, actually, if you ever run for office, we're all fucked. That's, yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, I and I remember thinking about branching story design. Um, and. To be or not to be does the same thing that I, the same choice that I made, which is that, um, the things you choose not just affect what you are doing, but they can also just presume that like, okay, in this, in this particular branch, it's just a completely different world state with a different history. And you are effectively choosing that even though it's behind the scenes. Uh, and I think that's a much more, I don't know, you can just do much more with that than, mm-hmm. than with, uh, a, a, a common backstory for everything. Um, and the other thing those two games have in common is that 
Uh, I also had a list of curated checkpoints where like, here's a place that is an interesting place to start. Like, like this particular cluster of nodes is it, it, it's particularly interesting. Um, and I just had a list of those on the site, um, that was manually, like, I just made that list because I was like, I like these. Um, and it's a similar thing where like, I feel like the, in to be or not to be, someone sat down and like said, well, what are the parts that the user is probably going to want to replay? Right. Um, and if I had, I wouldn't have done it, but I didn't even think of, I wouldn't have done it for technical reasons, but I didn't even think of like locking those away until someone actually uncovered them themselves. Right. Whereas, I mean, you know, in this, you could just have a bunch of bit fields that was just, have you been to each of these nodes? Right. And then just yep. display Super the graph simple. and fill in all the ones you've been to and let you tap that one to teleport there. Yeah. Yeah, there there are ways in which I would have been happier, I think, with just the construction of it. Because I'm such a sort of completionist, like I want to... Mm-hmm see every node i mean i'm happy with the app because it made it so i messed with it at all which i wouldn't have done otherwise that's true and i mean you know maybe i will buy the book now yeah oh yeah i need to actually play the app of meanwhile because i couldn't really deal with the book because there were just colors that i couldn't distinguish yeah i think this will solve all of the problems follow these really convoluted byzantine lines that were only differentiated by color and so it was Yep. What um what what platforms is that app for? It's definitely iOS. I don't know if it's other things. Right. Okay. We gotta get a Patreon together so that you can afford a real phone, Jim. <laughs> I've got a. I like my phone. <laughs> Do you want me to buy an iPhone and expense it to expense it to Asymmetric? No. No. Okay. I want you to expense <laughs> it to the video games hot dog Patreon. Okay. Once that's All okay. Right. Hey, uh, Kevin. I, I need to get a company Kevin, credit card. You could set us up another company real fast, right? <laughs> yeah. It's You're a getting a pretty good at that. It. it is just iOS. Okay. Uh, all right. If anybody no needs any companies set up, call Kevin so he can tell you to please, go fuck please, yourself. Yeah, please don't. <laughs> Do, does the public have Kevin's phone number? Thank God, no. I bet they could get it. Yeah, they could, but I, please, I encourage you not to. But you could probably just... There's, enough, re- there's enough robots calling me already every day. Phone book? <laughs> You're in the phone book, right? I don't think that those are a thing anymore. I sold you out. Uh, I filled out a census form. What? What? When? Today. Today, and what did you say? That you smoke a lot of weed. <laughs> Well, no. What, did you say that I live there? No. So wait, so you didn't sell me out? No, I I put your address on a thing as a place where I live sometimes. Oh. oh I think I sold I myself out. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Well, I'll just pay twice as many taxes. It'll be fine. <laughs> I was under the impression that they only did the census in years that are divi- divisible by 10. And I was right. This is just a weird pre-census thing. It's like this thing, you're required by law to go to this website and fill out this form. Like, okay. Is this like a citizen census I where like some guy just you. comes and <laughs> and asks who lives there? Man, remember citizen's arrest being a thing? I 
I think it was a pretty I've dramatic, about... like it was a dramatic device in television shows and stuff. <laughs> is that real? Is that a thing you can you say I, I, citizens yeah, arrest yeah, and then just it, tie a guy up? I think so. Just it, well, I, whatever I, guy, like I, I, I think so. Yeah, I think you can. The mailman, you can just sit. Stop bringing me bills. You're under citizens it probably arrest. Depends, <laughs> probably depends on the jurisdiction. Hmm. <clears throat> Apparently, it, it dates back to medieval England. An English common law. Mm. <clears throat> Does that have something to do with common law marriages? I mean, this is common law. So common law is the body of law that is like common to various jurisdictions, right? So like most states in the United States have a very similar set of common law practices. The, the exceptions being like Louisiana, which is based on French law instead of English law and stuff like that. And the Napoleonic um, Code. Yeah. Um, Parts of Arizona are still based on Hammurabi's code. <laughs> sure. Just the more deserty bits. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. All of the all the Wikipedia discussion about it is uh, British facing. Huh. Because it's a because it's an English thing. I, I was reading earlier today about a celebrity I didn't give a shit about, so I don't remember his name, who... Barack Obama. Close. Um, he was a dude, so close. Um, and he was apparently, like, blocked trying to catch a flight by a paparazzo and, like, broke his camera, mm. broke the paparazzo's camera, and then... The, the guy the guy with the camera performed a citizen's arrest and like successfully and didn't get in trouble for doing so hmm. so like apparently where the, that guy was trying to catch a flight citizen's arrest is a thing hmm and this this was in the past few years was it in like 1950s mayberry <laughs> i that might have been mayberry but it was in like this century hmm Our next assignment is going to be Pillars of Eternity because that's what I'm going to be playing anyway. And I convinced everyone else to get it. Uh, Jim, you can just steal it if you don't want to buy it. Oh, good. Yeah. It's probably made by buttholes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Citizen's Arrest is totally a thing, by the way. It's actually kickstarted. Citizen's Arrest is kickstarted. Yep. So, Broken Lizard, the comedy troupe that made Super Troopers... Is doing yep. an Indiegogo okay. to make Super Troopers 2. And they were like, we need $2 million to make the shittiest possible version of this movie. And anything more than $2 million just makes the movie better. And they got their $2 million. But they did the kind of Indiegogo where you get the money even if it doesn't fund. Yep, mm. fuck that. Which seemed, all, isn't that all Indiegogo? It's not. You don't. You oh, can, you can you get check choose. a box. Okay. Which, yep. that's real fucking sketchy. It, if you're going to check the box, you just use Kickstarter. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, no, it is. It it's uh, you don't. I mean, that that is one of the values that Kickstarter provides. Like that's the whole premise of the model is that you make this thing if you get enough money to make it. Yeah, and, and not don't, and not, not otherwise. If, if you don't get enough money to make it, how are you going to make it? You just get the money anyway, and then do what? I mean, I suspect, I suspect that it is possible that between those guys, they could have self funded this. But they didn't want to, sure. which is fine, right? That yeah. is 
totally yeah. re- that is I mean, a totally that reasonable thing. That, maybe that is a totally reasonable thing to do. So million, if we don't make two million, then we will self fund the, the rest. rest it, yeah. But they didn't say that. Mm, okay. Right. Right. Yeah. Like, I mean, because, because they want to totally, create the sense of urgency. Right. right. For and it the is totally reasonable smart. to not go broke funding a, a huge, expensive project that might not make its money back. Right. Like it is totally, totally reasonable to go to Kickstarter, even if you are a millionaire, if you want a million dollars to make some project. Like the fact that you're not willing to risk your own money on it is not actually like doesn't actually make you a bad guy. Right. I don't think at least. No, I don't. I I mean, a lot of people, a lot of people had some very mean things to say about Zach Braff. Uh, why don't you just pay for this yourself? Well, because that's not how the fucking world works. <laughs> I finally, I finally like, saw that movie. Yeah, was the, it good? W- wish you were here. It was pretty good. Like it's not amazing. It didn't. It do didn't you, move me feel, as much as Garden State. Do you feel like you got your million dollars worth out of it? Yeah, I don't. I wish I had not spent a million dollars to make the move to make yeah. the movie. Because I, I didn't actually get to see it until I got it on Netflix. Yeah, they didn't anyway. have anything past the ten dollar <laughs> tier, which was the weird thing, which is just like. Yep. Just your I feel name like the credits. the complaint that that I saw with Zach Braff was that not that he could have paid for it himself, but he he already had like the Hollywood connections to get the funding. Yeah, there's something like not having to rely on a fucking studio deal to make yeah, a movie though is kind true. of awesome. That's true, and it, I mean you could argue that it's a similar thing to the Double Fine Kickstarter, where like those guys have in the past gotten publisher deals, publisher deals, right? Sure, and. And now they're trying to be a pseudo publisher on their own. I mean, anyone who's ever been successful is suddenly eminently publicizable on the internet, right? And yep. So yeah, except for me, for some reason, I just did think. Well, I mean, you were successful in a way that didn't make you any money, right? Yes. Okay, that's a big deal, right? Yeah. No, I mean, as soon as I start, no, I, I agree. I agree. As soon as I start selling a game, then like that's when the hate mail starts flowing in. I was really sketched out by this broken lizard thing, though. Be- I read the, I, I went down to the fact, and I, there was nothing in the fact about what happens if you don't make this money. Like, yep. it was, so, it's like. What, what's, or did they get the funding? Oh, yeah, yeah. They no, it, it, it is, it was at 2.2 million after 20 hours or something. I mean, that might be just, that might have been just what they expected, right? Sure. Yeah. Asking for millions of dollars is always kind of a crapshoot, though. Yeah. Yeah. It is weird. You wonder why. It's also one of those things where, like, you're probably not going to get them to add it to the fact because it's a moot point now. Well, sure. Yeah. Now. It's it's one of those things. Yeah. And where, I mean, like, I guess they figured by the time a stink rose about it, they would have funded. Right. And, and notably, I don't know how Indiegogo works, but in Kickstarter, you can't. Add questions to the fact until you after you launch. Yep, which is weird. Yeah, maybe they're know. maybe they're taking the word fact like literally. Like, no, you can't just put whatever questions. Yeah, people have actually, to ask this, and they with actually some have frequency. to be frequently. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, how many people ask? I wonder if it like if they tried to get studio money to make Super Troopers two and then just couldn't get it because their other movies were such failures. They had other movies. Yeah, Club Dread and Beer Fest. Hmm. Um, they the one or two of them was on an Adam Carolla recently, and I I don't remember what the conversation was, but uh, there was some discussion about funding and trying to 
trying to get the movie made and having trouble. So it's possible that this was definitely their best shot. Anyway. Um, So I backed the Kickstarter for Pillars of Eternity. And I was like, we talked about doing it as an assignment. I was like, I haven't gotten an email with like my Steam key or anything. And the game's coming out tomorrow. That's kind of weird. And so I like logged into the website, which was a little convoluted. Into Obsidian's website? Yeah. There's like, there's, well, there's a, a website just for the game. And I guess it's, it shares a login with like the Obsidian forums and stuff. Um, and then it was not immediately obvious, like where one would go to get one's like goods from the Kickstarter or whatever. And I had to like dig around a little bit and finally found it. And then it says, oh yeah, I guess we can generate a key for you if you really want. (laughs) So I did that. And then like, you know, four or five hours later, an email arrives that it has all of that information laid out, but, uh, that you would have gotten anyway. Yeah, that it, that, that would have that would have come that would have come not with my key, but with the explanation of how to get your key. So it, it basically explained how to do the convoluted process that I figured out on my own. Huh. Every game does it differently. Yeah. Every it's, Kickstarter, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. The, the more money you make, the more convoluted it becomes. Like so, like I backed uh, Star Citizen. Oh, and I you have, did. I did, and I have no idea if the game is out now or not? No, it's definitely not. Is it? Because they've talked, they talked about a 1.0 release, but bits and pieces. Well, maybe there's maybe they mean the 1.0 release of like the walk around the hangar and look at your ship. Well, they've been releasing modules, but now they're talking about like some sort of like big release and the game's going to be a hundred gigabytes. And like, like no idea. I don't even know what shroud of the avatar is. (laughs) <laughs> I've gotten a thousand emails about it. Oh, you backed it? I I specifically didn't because I, think, I, I must have. Kind of I, I sure shit didn't just go Richard give Richard Gary my email address. <laughs> um, it, it, yeah, I would imagine like if the the game had a hundred backers, then the guy would have just like manually generated all the Steam keys and just sent them out by hand. Yeah, there's. I guess there is. There are some like issues with scale like we we had a couple thousand backers and it was kind of a pain in the ass to deliver the like, steam down- keys <laughs> well download uh, codes to all of them their names out on the <laughs> and oh, that part was fun if, yeah if there had been tens of thousands or you oh, know, was that like a podcast thing yeah um, we all of the it was above a certain level right like we you got a shout out on video games hot dogs so we spent like a year just reading year and a half 50 yeah. or 60 names at the end of every episode it was pretty fun though <laughs> there were hundreds we, we had hundreds of backers at that level that's and great it was there was mr lieutenant time bonkers he was the yeah, best that's, yeah that's that's a good name yeah that it is really, a really is. Good name. i taped that slip of paper to my pencil box <laughs> <laughs> that's a Oh man! That you were gonna say that, you that taped it to like the underside of your hat. Seems like it's fun enough that you would just make up names to keep going. No, it was not fun. Okay, I thought it was All fun. Right. All right, I enjoyed making not- up little stories about them, and I enjoyed like slipping it into, like springing it on you guys. Like <laughs> I would pull one out of the hat because we kept them all in a hat. A literal hat in the middle of the I would table. pull one out was, of a hat and just fidget with it for a little while and then try to surprise you guys by, <laughs> by like, you know, drawing a parallel between this and some other thing. And you know what that other thing is? And then just reading the person's name. And then it was a real <laughs> conversation stopper. Right. Good. And I apologize. 
that's what I like to hear. The other way to do it would have just been like run them all through text to speech and then <laughs> append true. the audio. But it speed yeah. it up so they all happen in like four <laughs> seconds. Yeah, yeah. This is some sort of phonopath style puzzle to to hear your own backers. name spoken yeah. aloud by my robot. <laughs> I mean, I guess if it were that, we could have just read them. I don't know. I enjoyed that, and I thought it gave us that personal touch. I'm curious what our our listeners felt about that that era. When we <laughs> asked, all we got was positive feedback. Because everyone else had stopped listening. That's probably true. <laughs> it's taken years to re- to return to our, our prior numbers. We should try it again now that Jim's gotten us all these additional extra listeners. That's true. Yeah. Do, do, are the numbers higher Fuck now? Fuck them all up. Yeah. Yeah. Much higher. Like, it, it seems like from the numbers I'm seeing, maybe 35, 40% hmm. growth year over year. Wow. From yeah, you only got like a dozen Twitter followers, but we got a billion additional listeners. So that's pretty that's, cool. That's pretty yeah, good. good. Thanks, Frog Fractions fans. Idiots. <laughs> <laughs> it, oh, the ones that are similar to the general public, no thanks. I, I do have to say, it, it is extremely difficult like maintaining the script that you wrote out for us as part of the Frog Fractions arg. Yeah. <laughs> Including this sentence, which I'm saying now, uh-huh. and to tip everybody off that the past 20 episodes have all been part of the ARG, and now you have to go back and listen to them very carefully. Well, you know, it's you, you pay a price for, for success. Yeah, it's like, you know, making one of those graphs where it's like uh, the percentage of this sheet of paper that is black ink that has to right. take into account. Yeah, it's no, it's really... <laughs> Recursive. Yeah. Repeating fractions. Guys... I don't think we have time for listener's mail because the show is already two hours long. Very well. But if somebody wanted to send us listener's mail, Kevin, how would they do it? Uh, The best way would be to go to our website, videogameshotdog.com, and fill in the form that has questions uh, that you can answer there. Or the questions that we will answer, questions that you ask and that we will answer. Maybe. And they go into a form that then goes into our permanent archive of questions so eventually we will get to them uh, you could also tweet us at vg hotdog uh, that's something that we will uh sometimes ignore uh so that's not the best way do we have like is there a way to mark questions as answered in that database yeah there is yep i'm curious how many unanswered questions we have versus answered questions oh sure on yeah. this ipad okay. the scroll bar is about a quarter of an inch tall. So okay. hundreds of unanswered questions. Many of them are unanswered because they are not very good. You should so those re- as answered. Remain unanswered for the for the eternity. Uh, the answered questions are video games hot dog and KOL podcast questions oh, all mixed together. So no. it's difficult. I think that the scroll bar is just as small as it is possible for the scroll bar to get. <laughs> There's not they're okay. not actually numbered. Uh, and the other the other way to get in touch with us is by email. Uh, just guess, just guess what our email address is, and you're probably right. Just yeah, just uh, scream "video games hot dog" into your microphone, and Dragon Dictate will do the rest. Yeah, <laughs> Dragon Dictate. Yeah, good old Dragon Dictate, Darren's <laughs> boss from the the the, the gals in the secretarial pool referred to him as Dragon Dick. Um, started out just D R A G G I N apostrophe. 
Oh, dear um, God. <laughs> but then Esmeralda put that curse on him that made it breathe fire. Ladies <laughs> uh, <sighs> love him. Agnes Moorhead. <laughs> mm. Anyway, guys, I've had a great time recording episode 191 of Video Games Hot Dog with you, and I hope we do it again real soon. And listeners, I hope you'll join us. And until you do, keep your arm in the washing machine and keep twisting the coffee maker. Yeah. Yep. Have a have a great week, everybody. <laughs> Good night. Good night. Uh, your Sarah biorhythm and your We Built This City biorhythm, which were later discoveries. Also, uh, they have similar shapes to the Jefferson Airplane ones. Uh, guys. Yeah, I, I'm not helping. <laughs> Yeah, Why really, aren't you helping? Have, <laughs> Why aren't you helping with this hilarious gag? I have no idea what uh. any of this is. <laughs>